I'm Cynthia Farrell, owner and principal of 110 West Group, and I believe that the legacy you leave at a company is just as important as what you accomplish while you're there. I developed this perspective while on my own leadership journey, and now I'm passionate about developing what I refer to as legacy leaders, those who lead with a balance and blend of strategy, authenticity, pragmatism, and compassion. To bring this to life, I work with leaders to ensure they have the leadership skills, talent, and organizational culture they need to build a legacy culture and achieve legendary business results while establishing a positive leadership legacy. In season one of this podcast, I focused my conversation on how leaders were leading during a period of crisis. Moving into season two and forward, the episodes have a broader leadership and organizational culture focus. In many episodes, you'll hear leadership journey stories from leaders who have made and will continue to make an incredible impact on the companies they work for and the colleagues, employees, and customers they work with. They are legacy leaders. In some episodes, you'll hear from other thought leaders in the leadership and organizational culture space. And in other episodes, it will be me solo, where I'll dive into a concept around legacy leadership and share my thinking, experience, and stories. I'm a storyteller after all, and a legacy leader in my own right. If you know of a fantastic leader that I should speak to, or a legacy leadership concept you'd like to hear more about, please head to the Contact Me page on my website, 110westgroup.com, and drop me a note. That's 110westgroup.com. Welcome to This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. John Agostino is the Chief Financial Officer of Ann Arbor, Michigan-based DaySmart Software, LLC. John previously worked as a Senior Vice President of Finance at Minneapolis-based healthcare IT firm Ability Network, where he helped to lead the company toward a $1.2 billion exit. John also has worked for financial consulting firms Deloitte and PwC, is a graduate of Lehigh University, and a licensed CPA. John resides in the Boston area with his wife, two young children, and dog. In his spare time, John loves to golf and donates his time and expertise to the Francis We Met Scholarship Fund, which is committed to providing need-based scholarship aid to assist students in furthering their education. John, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me here, buddy. It's great to see you, and I am seeing you because we're on Zoom right now. So I'd love to start off just by having you share a little bit about, from your perspective, what your leadership style is and how you came into that style over your, you know, your years in your career. Sure. Thanks, Cynthia. So my uh, leadership style, the, the way that I like to look at the goalposts is on one end, you got a Michael Scott character. And on the other end, you've got your Miranda Priestly uh, for you, uh, for you movie buffs out there. But you know, I, I try and balance the two because you need to, you know, on the one hand, be people's friends, but on the other hand, you know, you got to get stuff done and you have to do the work. Over time, I've rolled my personality into it um, to make it really kind of a, a you know, a personable uh, coaching style mm-hmm. and coaching and development style as a leader, but but really try to be collaborative, try to support people, uh, and definitely try and be engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I know I can lean uh, too far to the Michael Scott territory sometimes where, uh, you know, I'll be showing pictures of Dixie uh, or, you know, talking about my kids or expecting that to be reciprocated. Um, And I can be on the other end of the spectrum too, where I, you know, can be a little bit demanding, a little bit pushy um, and really trying to balance those, those two poles and, and try and, you know, weave it all together to be something that's, uh, right for the job, but also is, is true to my personality. So you said that, uh, you know, over time you've rolled your personality into how you lead as well. Is that maybe different from how you started when you were first leading people? Oh yeah. Uh, when I started, I was in an audit practice at Deloitte and Touche, which is a big four CPA firm and an auditor. Um, and, if you think about your, your interactions with an auditor, um, you know, that's kind of the role that I was playing and, uh, you know, outside of work, I would, uh, you know, hang out with the team and, and let myself go a little bit, be, be, uh, be part of the crowd. But, um, you know, in the office setting, I was very much down to business and, and cut and dry black and white and, you know, focused on the mission. Um, as I became, uh, more and more of a leader as, you know, you get more people reporting to you. There's all sorts of different working styles. There's all sorts of different tasks and initiatives. Um, and, and you really get more into management. Uh, and that's where I found that you're working long hours and working with a lot of different people. And it, it's hard to keep up that, that face, uh, that, you know, that playing a part. And mm-hmm. I really think kind of weaving myself into it allows me to, really just get the point across and, and really just have real conversations with people and, and, you know, show them that, that we're a team and, you know, I'm a person, I understand that they're a person, I encourage them to be themselves. Um, and I think it just kind of lightens things up to, to get things moving. It takes from my experience, a lot of energy to be someone different outside of work than you are at work. And that's in, in not, not, energy in a good way. I mean, it, it's energy that could be diverted towards doing good work. But when you're using that energy and you're kind of keeping yourself separate in, in not being your authentic self across the spectrum of your life experiences, it's that's hard. It's hard and it's energy sucking. It's draining. And um, it ultimately can rob some of the joy, I think, out of the experience that you can have with the people that you work with. So when you made that transition and started to make that transition to bringing more of yourself into how you lead, what was the reaction that you got from your team? How, how was that received and what sort of impact did you see that having? Um, pretty positively impacted. And, and really, uh, there were a couple of things from, from my early years that, that helped tease it out. Um, so I, I was friends with the people that I worked with, even if I wasn't the easiest person to get along with at work, uh, if that makes any sense. But, you know, in, in talking with people that I did have personal relationships, but maybe not the best working relationships with, yeah, they just told me how it was and mm-hmm. said, Hey, John, you know, when you, when you did this, uh, that was kind of uncalled for. And, you know, we, it'd be better if you were just yourself. So I, I think it kind of, it, it really was something that, that I grew into as opposed to a, a you know, self-awareness sort of thing. You know, it, it definitely helped uh, 
helped me take on a lot more uh, than I could do previously. Um, you know, I think that I, I, I agree that it takes a lot of energy to be someone else, right. To play someone else. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely allowed me to increase my bandwidth and, you know, just be who I am, ask the questions that need to ask. Cause I'm not trying to say, Oh, I, I have all the answers or I know everything and really just uh, leverage other people and support them. Well, and kudos to you for taking that feedback from your team members, right? And saying, okay, maybe I need to do something with this because there are probably a lot of people who, well, none of us love getting feedback, right? Um, But there are probably a lot of people who would say, well, that's not how I lead. So thank you for the feedback. They might not even say thank you for the feedback, but you know, and then proceed to lead in their own way. As you reflect on your career and the leaders that you have, are there any role models that you've had, any key leadership moments that have really helped you to define how you want to lead and how you want to blend that work-life perspective? Um, I've had the benefit of working with a lot of great leaders um, from my time at Deloitte to PwC to Ability. I've been very fortunate uh, to go from really one great boss to the next. I've really tried to take a, you know, a piece of each of them with me. Um, I'm still working on the work-life balance thing, as you're probably very aware of. Uh, I I tend to work long hours um, and I'm much better at telling other people on my team, not that, you know, they don't have to work uh, as opposed to uh, leading by example on that part. But um you know, what I've learned a lot from, from people that, that I work with is you see them interact with other people and, and how they prepare and how they go about their business. And I've been able to, to really take, you know, parts of that uh, and kind of roll it into the way that I go about my business. An important thing for me is, you know, not just doing what somebody else is doing uh, and, you know, being them or trying to be them because you're not going to be, but, taking little pieces of the way that they do things and and incorporating it into my own style. You know, that's really uh, where you're learning from somebody else, but you're able to kind of add your own spin to it. I think that's where I, you know, tend to get the best out of myself. I'll often say to people, you know, you take, you take what's valuable to you and you leave the rest behind. Right. And that, that can be both positive and things that you want to avoid doing as a leader as well. Are there any specific moments when you think back on your career, any specific moments other than, you know, like the example you gave of getting feedback from your team members that have really caused you to sit back and think, hmm, I need to think about this in terms of how this relates to my leadership? Um, there, there's been a few. You know, I think definitely working at Ability and, and being in the roles that I sat in, when you're in a meeting and you say something, and people start nodding their heads or they start, you know, like disagreeing violently or they start getting nervous, you know, really understanding uh, that in the position that I was in, uh, it was a true leadership position and people were looking at me for leadership. And so when I said, oh, this is something that I think we should do, that people then would go and do it, uh, <laughs> which, was pretty, uh, which was pretty surprising. So 
you know, having that, that awareness that you are a leader and that what you say does actually matter was a, a key moment. You know, it makes you think like, Hey, I, I really can't and shouldn't be just shooting off the cuff. Like I, I really need to think about what I'm saying. So, um, you know, having that one or two or three second pause before you respond or raise your hand or, you know, whatever it is you do, that's pretty key. Uh, so, so that was, that was one moment. I think another moment was before uh, I came to Ability, but when I was at PwC and I was working with Ability as a consultant, um, there was an issue with a business that we were looking to acquire. And I told our our former CEO, I said, you know, this this is a big deal, and you know, I, I think uh, I think it's an issue. And so he ran it down and talked with them, talked with the uh, the company we we're acquiring, and. They said, oh, no, it's not an issue. And our accounting firm has signed off on it. It was another big accounting firm. And I say, you know, I, I just don't think it's right. I really think we, we should have the conversation. And we got on the phone with, with the company and their, uh, their big four accounting firm. And the big four accounting firm said, that's not what we said. Uh, you know, you, you misinterpreted it. And, uh, you know, essentially, John's actually right. Um, and, and so that was another moment where I, you know, I, I really kind of said, look, you, you know, the stuff, um, it, it's good that you spoke up and, and stuck with your convictions. And it was a moment that gave me confidence that I could, you know, do the job and be impactful, mm-hmm. but, but also, you know, really stress that you should speak up if something's wrong and, you know, you, you should work things out and, you know, continue to fight until you, you know, you're proven wrong or you know, you get an answer that, that works. Yeah. And what, what I like about that, John, is that it, one, there's an element of courage in there, right? The courage of knowing what you know, knowing what you're, you have expertise at courage to speak up, even if it might not be the popular point of view or might have a negative outcome. But the other thing I like about that is that you trusted your gut. And you knew that something wasn't right, and you knew the impact, the long-term impact it could have to the business, and you you trusted your gut on that, and you had the courage to do that. And I think that's pretty meaningful. I am curious, going back to your other your other example of you know when you say something, you know people will go off and do it. If you had any follow-up conversations where someone would come back and say, "Well, I did this," and you and you said, "Well, why did you do that?" and they said, "Well, because you said to do it." Countless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a lot of ideas, and all of them great. And fortunately, I have good teams, and and they do what I say before I even think it through. So, uh, apologies to them. And thank you. <laughs> So one of the questions I like to ask leaders, and I think you and I have probably talked about this in the past, is this this idea I have philosophy around, you know, unpacking your bags and leave. Like there's there's stuff that we carry around from early in life. And I have my own examples of my bags that I carry around. And and over my career, especially I think over the last five to seven years, I'll set those bags down and I'll open them up and you know, don't always like what I find inside, but part of being a leader is unpacking that and and working through that and find, figuring out how it is impacting how I lead, how I show up and you know and therefore adjusting accordingly. So I'd be curious to hear about a bag that you've unpacked as you've grown in your leadership and how did you come to be aware of it and you know what what have you done with that? 
I think one of the one of the bags that I'm I'm still unpacking is uh, I'm a middle child. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not the worst, uh, you know, cards to be dealt, but uh, something that that I think is kind of true to my personality. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm acting out. I'm looking for attention. I'm you know trying to be trying to get noticed, uh, which isn't always great. So, um, you know, I think part of, part of that is, is, uh, coming into my leadership style is when I talk about the self-awareness of, you know, people are doing what I'm saying. So, you know, I, I can't be the loudest person in the room or I can't be, you know, just spit out an answer just to, to get noticed. Um, you know, it, I have to be a little bit more reserved in that, that office setting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can still crack jokes as we're introducing, uh, you know, the meeting or getting things queued up. Um, but I do have to kind of tell myself to, to behave from there on out. You want to make an impact and, and you want to uh, you want to lead by example. Um, and you can't always do that when you're you're, you know, out there banging pots and pans and, and trying to get noticed. That's a really great observation, a great ex- example of a bag to unpack. Right. This is the stuff that we carry around with us. and you with that middle child syndrome and, you know, wanting attention. And I think you've done a nice job as I've seen you, you know, grow in your career over the years too, of you are very authentic to you in, you know, in how you lead. Um, yet you, you're there, you're there for the business and you're there to get work done. And I think you have really grown into doing a nice job of, I don't call it a work-life balance. There is no balance. It's really a blend. And you've done a really nice job of blending that together. Um, It's one of the things I appreciate about you. One of the reasons I think that we, you know, always got along is we're both very interpersonal people. We want to get to know the people we're working with. We want to get to know their families and know what they're going through and have that connection. And that, that then builds trust and that, you know, that, is the basis of all of our relationships. But, and the other benefit to that too, is that when some of these bags start coming out and those behaviors start, you know, coming to the forefront, it's those people that we have those trusting relationships with who can say, "Mm, yeah, I, uh, you might not want to be showing up that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Just, you know, helping, helping with the self-awareness and and having more people, you know, in the business that, uh, that help you and, you know, help you be your best self. So as you think about your leadership and, and where you're, you're at now versus where you started and obviously still working on that, like you said, that self-awareness of the, the kind of the middle child syndrome, is there anything else specifically that you are focusing on as a leader, you know, as you take on bigger roles, as you have higher visibility, anything else that you are specifically still working on really always working on patience. Uh, it, you know, I think we're, we're coming back to that through a few of these different, uh, different answers, you know, patience in, in response and not only, uh, it doesn't just mean, you know, taking a second to respond. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty expressive person. And, you know, when, when somebody says something, you, you pretty much know how, how I feel about it, uh, just by looking at my face. So, um, (laughs) you know, working through being patient, you know, across all, all sorts of communication is pretty key and something that, you know, when I get lazy about, uh, you know, 
who I am or what I'm doing, uh, you know, is something that uh, it's something that can go first. You always work on, on patience, and you know, our former uh, our former boss, Mark Polito, was one of the most patient people that I've ever known, and also one of the best leaders. And you know, I do think that it, it went hand in hand with him. I'm going to say that I think you're more patient than you give yourself credit for. And, and I am going to tell you that because of the personal experience that I've had with you. And I share this with people all the time, John. So I'm, I love being able to put this on the podcast to tell people this, you know, when I stepped into my role as the SVP of HR at Ability and mm-hmm. let's be clear, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I mean, this was not my background, not my Ballywick. And I knew that I was not going to be able to be successful in that role without the support of some really key people. And you are one of those key people. And the, and I credit, I mean, ultimately I'm, you know, I'm responsible for my own success. Your support enabled me to be successful in a way I couldn't have been on my own. And the number of times that I reached out to you, called you, you know, I am you and said, John, I have no idea what this means. I need help. And you got on the phone with me and you talked me through things. I'm sure there were multiple periods. I know there were, where I was actually in tears, whether or not you could see that because I did not know what I was doing. And you were so patient and so supportive of me. And the lesson that I learned from that, that I share with people and talk about all the time is one, ask for help. If you don't know what you're doing, there is no value in sitting there and pretending you know what you're doing and wasting a lot of time trying to figure it out. Ask for help because the people that are around you generally, I mean, and I was lucky that I was in a very supportive environment, but the people who are around you, your colleagues, they generally want you to succeed. And they will help you and they will help you to be successful because in the end, you know, we all lift up when each person is successful and your patience, your your tolerance of my um, probably sounded like stupid questions at the time was so you extended me so much grace and I have an incredible level of gratitude to you for that. So be a little bit kinder with yourself on the patient's front because um, (laughs) you exhibited that to me on a daily basis for almost two years. Well, that's very kind and you were very easy to work with Cynthia. So, um, you know, I I think that's, it's all just part of uh, being part of the team and and trying to work together and lead by example. Um, You know, we we had a ton of work going on and, uh, you know, the HR team and the finance team, uh, at at software companies in particular, where, uh, you know, it, it's people and then rent essentially, as far as Costco, uh, the two teams need to work together very closely and it doesn't hurt that, uh, you know, we had two good personalities. So, um, you know, it it was a lot of work. I, I do remember, um, I do remember you telling a few people in the office, I was the last person you talked to before you went to bed and the first yep. person you to get up. So uh, we were definitely busy. Um, but, uh, you know, you can always make a little bit more time uh, to, to help someone out. And, and hopefully it sounds like you're paying it forward. So that's that's good. It's funny that you bring that up because, yes, I did tell people that, that you were the, the last person I talked to at night and the first person I talked to in the morning outside of my husband. And... Um, I was just having recording another episode of this podcast, which will have been published by the time this one is with um, thought leader in the relationship and influence space. And one of the things that he talks about is 
you know, when you're building those relationships, you have the people that you're willing to take the phone call from at 10 o'clock at night. And, and you were that for me and, and vice versa. And I really appreciate that. So thank you very much. One last question on your leadership before we wrap up our conversation here. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, your younger self, as you embarked on your leadership journey, what would that be? I'd probably tell myself, be more confident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got the tools. Uh, you, you just got to figure out how to use them and, uh, and, and you'll go places. So you know, just having that confidence to, to take the next project on or the next role or position or, you know, help out or, you know, say you don't know what's going on. Um, you know, is even a big one as well. Reiterating to myself to, to be, be self-confident about what you're doing and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions if you have them. Right. And that's a lesson I definitely learned. Um, you can go a long way and save a lot of time if you're just willing to ask the question, as long as you've got people on the other end who are willing to help. And part of that is the environment. It's going to be the culture of the organization. And we were lucky that we were in a company that was very supportive in that way. Okay, so we'll finish up with just a few fun questions that I like to finish these conversations with. So what is something that most people don't know about you? Maybe I watch all of the Bravo shows, not because my wife is watching them, but because I like them. Okay, that is definitely something that I think most people probably don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Right. And speaking, I have to say this too. I love this story and I've shared this multiple mm-hmm. times. Uh, speaking of your your you know, lovely wife, Kate, the time that you guys were in the car together and you and I were talking and you had me on speakerphone and I believe I gave you some coaching and, um, Kate, I think really appreciated that (laughs) and said that she would use that technique herself. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she has, she has. (laughs) Good woman. Good woman. Okay. So what's a favorite book? I read it when I was a kid, but one of the really cool books was the sequel to Forrest Gump. It was called Gump and Co. And okay. it's uh, a continuation of the Forrest Gump movie. And he continues to do all sorts of uh, crazy things and be at the center of all sorts of events and activities. Um, but just a, a nice, easy read. And last question, since none of us are really going too far afield right now, what is a favorite travel destination for you in a place that you want to visit but haven't been to yet? Favorite travel destination, I've only been there once, but it would be Hawaii on our honeymoon. Um, I think we'd like to go back there, but a place that we haven't visited, we'd started to to check out places in Europe. Uh, So we've been to France and and England, um, and I've been to a couple other places, but really we want to go back to, uh, well, back to to Italy, uh, Mm -hmm. where where my my dad came from, and and see that. My brother's been a few times, and... uh, you know, I think it would be, would be good to get over there. Great. Well, you'll get over there someday. I have no doubt with some kiddos in tow now too. Hopefully (laughs) (laughs) I've got the points racking up. (laughs) Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and it's, it's great to have this conversation. Likewise, Cynthia, great catching up. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn about the work I do with organizations and leaders to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy, please head to my website at 110westgroup.com. That's 110westgroup.com. And if you know of a fantastic legacy leader 
who I should have on this podcast, use the contact me page on my website and drop me a note. Thank you again and be well.